0: Dwayne Johnson enters the live-action DC Universe this weekend as Black Adam, which when you think about it, is a pretty tame name for a comic book character. It's like being named White Steve or Yellow Ted. This review is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the makers of AG1. Visit athleticgreens.com Dan for a special offer, and stay tuned after the review for more info. Hello, everybody. I'm Dan Merle, and if you haven't read the Yellow Ted storyline in Detective Comics, it's really worth your time. But that's not who we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Black Adam, which is hitting theaters worldwide this weekend. This movie's directed by Jama Collet Sara, who last directed Dwayne Johnson in Jungle Cruise, which came out back in 2020. He's also helmed movies like Orphan, The Shallows, and The Commuter. And Dwayne Johnson himself has been attached to this project for about 15 years before there was either a Marvel or DC cinematic universe. The movie centers around surprisingly a character named Black Adam or Teth Adam as he was known millennia ago, Black Adam hails from a fictional country named Kondok, where he long ago fought a king seeking to wield a textbook comic book movie artifact that gives you a bunch of evil powers and stuff. Black Adam is revived millennia later when the artifact resurfaces, and he resumes his work of protecting Kondok, which has since become the target of mercenaries and outsiders seeking to harness its ancient resources. One of the things that I think the movie does really well is to handle Black Adam, the character, and the concept of him as an anti-hero. Because from his very first scene on screen, Black Adam is a ruthless murderer. He kills people with efficiency and speed, seeking no outside counsel and showing absolutely no regret. There are so many movies that treat the concept of an anti-hero as basically a superhero who just like kind of swears a lot or who looks really mean for about 10 minutes in a movie and then becomes the same superhero you've seen a dozen times before. That is not the character of Black Adam and they're not afraid to put him in some pretty morally gray areas. And I think that that works to the movie's advantage. This also brings Black Adam into conflict with the Justice Society of America, a really cool superhero team that's apparently been just like over there for the other DCEU movies. Honestly, it feels like we're missing a movie that set up who these characters are and introduced us to these actors in these roles. And given how much I liked the JSA in this movie, I really hope that we get that movie, even if they try to do it as like a prequel to this one, because I do want to see more of Hawkman and Dr. Fate and Adam Smasher and Cyclone. Aldous Hodge leads the team as Hawkman, seeking to curb Black Adam's murderous methods. Pierce Brosnan is just having so much fun. That's what I love about Pierce Brosnan these days. In just about any movie you see him in, he just looks like he's having a great time whether the movie's good or not. Brosnan plays the very strange Dr. Fate who can see the future and tap into sorcerer's magic. And yes, I know that Dr. Fate predates Doctor Strange in publication history by a couple of decades, but we're talking movie chronology here, and you can definitely see what role Doctor Fate was brought in to fill in the DC cinematic universe. New to the Justice Society of America are Atom Smasher, a wonderfully dim new hero who can grow to the size of a giant, and is played by Noah Centineo, and Quintessa Swindell as Cyclone who can harness the power of the wind. Sadly, apart from a couple of standout scenes, both of these characters are largely relegated to standing in the background while Hawkman and Dr. Fate deal with all of the different things that pop up in the movie, although Adam Smasher does get a couple of standout scenes due to his very unique power set. One of the things that I found most interesting about this film was the conflict between Black Adam and the Justice Society of America because both of them feel like they're doing the right thing and you can see why they also both believe that they need to stop the other one. The Justice Society sees Black Adam as an unknown, potentially rogue, and all-powerful threat to the world and Black Adam sees the Justice Society as interlopers, people that are stepping into a conflict that they shouldn't even be involved in. And honestly, he may be right. Kandaki professor Adriana Tomas, who's played in the movie by Sarah Shahi, makes a really compelling case that if the JSA were truly committed to defending justice in the world, then they would have stepped in long ago as the occupiers rolled into Kandak to exploit the land and its people. And that's what I like the most about this movie, is there are those blurred lines. There are the gray areas. You're not just playing with the idea of an antihero when it comes to Black Adam, you're looking at the role of a hero in general from different points of view. And it was something that movies like Watchmen, for example, have kind of gone into. But that's really pushing heroes all the way over into sort of like the fascist level. Here we see the idea that superheroes aren't necessarily viewed by everybody in the world the same way. And they also don't regard what a superhero is or isn't in the same way. And that's one of the things that makes Black Adam so unique in the DC universe. His power set is very similar to a lot of other heroes. I mean, he's literally tied to Shazam. He basically has the exact same power set, but it's all about how they set up this character, and I actually liked how they did that in this movie. Of course, the JSA and Black Adam do eventually find some common cause via a villain that we've frankly seen many, many versions of before. This is a villain that is full of godlike proclamations and is nearly indistinguishable from Ares or Steppenwolf or even Zod from Man of Steel. Honestly, the real conflict in this movie is between Black Adam and the JSA, but it feels obligated to give us the same Skybeam third act finale that we've seen in a lot of other movies before. Thankfully, the movie does not belabor the point, it at least gets to where we need to go as efficiently as possible, and it actually does make it a little more interesting than it might be by harnessing the unique power sets of some of the heroes involved. I really struggled for a little bit to get on board with Black Adam because it is so similar to a lot of other comic book films, but once I got on board, I was actually digging it for a lot of the screen time, only for the movie to kind of fight me for control and kick me back off board because I'd seen so many of these third act shenanigans before. It's really like this movie is the product of putting every other DCEU movie in a blender, and that means you get the good pieces and the bad pieces of all of these previous movies. You take one sip of this Black Adam smoothie and you get a delicious character morsel like you've seen in Wonder Woman or the best parts of Man of Steel. You take another sip and you nearly choke on a chunk of Suicide Squad. That's the kind of movie that this is. In the end, the movie won me over, barely, thanks to the talented cast and some really unique sequences, many of which involved Pierce Brosnan's Dr. Fate. But I swear if I see one more scene in a DCEU film of a hero or villain surrounded in slow motion by crackling lightning, I I might just turn in my DC Critics card because I will have seen it all at this point. Let's just take lightning off the table. I went, well, I guess we can't do that with Shazam and Black Adam. Let's set a lightning moratorium. Grandfather all of the other heroes and villains in. No more lightning powers from here on out. We're done. No more electricity. That's it. Now, I'd heard some criticism going in that people thought this was yet another role where Dwayne Johnson plays himself, and I actually disagree. Although, to be fair, I think he is often playing Batista, playing Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy. There's a lot of that same energy here with Black Adam. But I actually thought that Dwayne Johnson was tamping down a lot of his charisma as this character, and that could have served the movie very badly, but I think that there's a reason why he was drawn to playing Black Adam and has been for such a long time. Black Black Adam is an anti-hero who is out of its time, who never really wanted to be a hero, now finds himself labeled as a villain from those who call themselves heroes, and he really is seeking only to defend his homeland as he sees fit. There's an actual arc to his character in this movie, and I came out of the movie looking forward to seeing what the DC Universe is going to do with him in the future. And yes, there is definitely a future for Black Adam in the DC films. Like I mentioned, it's tied directly to Shazam, and you've got to think that we're going to be getting those two kids together pretty soon. And there are some other intriguing possibilities. A couple of them have been spoiled already, including by some of my colleagues, which is honestly a little bit disappointing. I'm not going to spoil anything here because I would rather you discover them in the movie, but suffice to say that there are some very intriguing future matchups or team-ups that we could see with various characters in the DC Universe and Black Adam. Overall, though, it seems like there's this narrative that's already brewing, and I haven't read any of the reviews that have already come out, but I've seen that they are largely mixed and trending negative, and I've seen the think pieces that have already been written that this is some kind of a DCEU ending disaster for Dwayne Johnson and Black Adam, and that this is going to lead to some derailment of the entire universe. I just didn't see that in this film. Is it my favorite DCEU film? No, but it is far from my least favorite. I think that there's a lot to enjoy. I think that the Justice Society was a great addition here because they do bring some new things that we have not seen specifically in any other DC film. I like how Dwayne Johnson plays this character. I like how the movie portrays this character. Generally there's a lot of stuff that I didn't like in this movie, but there's also more stuff that I did like, and I really hope that there's not this kind of mass groupthink kind of thing where people just kind of write this movie off without seeing it. I really don't think you should do that with any movie, but I hope that people at least give Black Adam a shot. I will say that my screening was a, a hybrid public screening, critic screening, and I would say probably 85-90% to 90% of the people in the audience with me tonight were people that were there as part of a sneak preview event, so they weren't there from the critical community, and that audience seemed to really enjoy the movie for what it's worth. There was was lots of clapping, there was lots of cheering, of course this is probably going to be a little bit more of an enthusiastic audience that's going to go see Black Adam early, but still I think that for a general audience there's going to be a lot there for them to like as well, so I certainly don't think that Black Adam is some kind of a disaster for DC, I think it opens up some new possibilities, and I think that Dwayne Johnson has a very unique role for him, not just in the DC universe, but as an actor to continue on and to play, because Black Adam is a very complicated character, and I like that he's not playing the same Dwayne Johnson role that we've seen over and over again. So generally, that is a recommendation for me on Black Adam. I think it's worth your time, and especially if you're a fan of DC films already or a fan of the comic book genre, there's going to be a lot there that you're going to enjoy, especially if you like the Justice Society, because I think that they handled those characters and the action sequences really, really well. So those are my thoughts on Black Adam. What do you think? Are you going to be heading out to the theaters this weekend to check it out? Let me know down in the comments below. And before I go, I want to thank the sponsor for this review, Athletic Greens, the makers of AG1. I started taking it because I'm looking to make myself healthier overall and making several lifestyle changes. And AG1 has been one that's been very easy to incorporate into my daily routine. I can either put a scoop right into a cup of water or mix it into a shake if I'm doing something for breakfast. Either way, it's a quick and tasty way for me to start the day off right and make sure that I'm supporting not only my gut health, which is a big focus for me, but my immune system, my recovery, my focus, and so much more. AG1 is lifestyle-friendly and contains less than one gram of sugar with no GMOs or artificial anything. And if you don't take a multivitamin yet and even trying to figure out which one to take, AG1 is a great choice. Athletic Greens also cares about the world around them. For every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry right here in the U.S. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com Dan. Again, that's athleticgreens.com Dan D-A-N to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks to Athletic Greens for sponsoring this review and thank you for watching it. I'll be back this week with more movie news, reviews, and box office. Until then, stay safe and I'll see you next time. Bye.